This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for what you would have to consider a fallow week in the Villa-verse, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, no Villa action this weekend. but Hello, uh, sir. We are hurtling like a meteorite towards transfer deadline day. Phil Shaw Ooh. is riding that comet. <laughs> Waiting for it to slam shut, as it always does. Never never just closes, never nothing like that, has to slam shut. Yes, uh, we will be discussing that as the main part of the show. With a few little insights I've gathered uh, from meetings with Aston Villa in terms of uh, whether there'll be any uh, action or not. More, more subtle than uh, anything, uh, but... Uh, Stay tuned for that. Uh, this week, uh, I did go to Villa Park for a uh, fan consultation group meeting called as a reaction to the Daily Telegraph announcing our potential shirt sponsors uh, for next season. But uh, more of that uh, in the Villa news. What have you gents been uh, up to? Anything interesting this week? Oh, David, it's that time of the year, isn't it? Tax returns and all that horrendous stuff. Oh, so. shit, yeah. I shouldn't be doing this podcast, really. I should be completing it's not, mine. It's not been a fun well. week. It uh, takes a few days, at least, doesn't it? Trawling through that. Yeah, and the thing of, uh, of course, we are returning for the tax year coming out of lockdown. So, of course, you realise that, ah, oh, yeah, crap. <laughs> but never mind. Otherwise, it's been lovely. Weekend off Villa. Magic of the FA Cup, apparently. I did watch uh, Wrexham versus Sheffield United. I thought that was old school cup game. It was, game. Well, it was great. Ryan Reynolds' documentary would be brilliant for that. Yeah, though he didn't really get the ending that uh, that he paid for when that Sheffield United <laughs> player got sent off. And the BBC just conveniently failed to show why. <laughs> They kept showing the moment after the the incident that they repeated it like four times. Even the commentator said, no, no, that's the incident after the sending off offence. Well, I'm sure Sheffield United aren't too asked about having a replay. I oh, know Sheffield United are uh, delighted. Uh, obviously, Ryan Reynolds didn't pay enough to get the win. He just paid enough to get one of their chaps sent off, assuming that would be enough to secure the uh, the 3-2 victory. But that finished 3-3 if you haven't watched it, but uh, entertaining game and on a good muddy pitch and all that kind of uh, old yeah. school stuff that you like Digger, to see. Diggers behind one of the nets, stand being built. <laughs> yeah. It's got, it's got <laughs> everything. Good old days. 
Actually, that will look similar to Villa Park uh, in a year's time. Alleged, allegedly. One stand missing behind the goal. Mm. With a Villa token, you can sit in the digger for the whole 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, do you remember when Arsenal knocked down the, the North Bank many years ago in the sort of like early mid-90s and they had like a like an artist's impression of what the stand would look like, didn't they, behind it? So when they'd score, yeah. they scored in front of it. It was a weird-looking like, banner. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember some other similar... Uh... It was in that era when it was all the Taylor Report stuff, wasn't it? And everyone was knocking yeah. down their terraces. Because obviously the Holt went as well. I'm trying to remember Can't. what they had up... Uh... The, well, the Holt end, I remember this one quite well because we obviously we knocked it down on the last day of the season. But by the time we played the first home game, which, if my memory serves me right, was Southampton... The the structure was kind of half done, and they had the front maybe ten rows of the lower tier up to the sort of exit point of the vomitories. That was already done and seated, so you yeah. kind of had a few fans in this whole end already. But the, yeah. the, you know, the upper tier wasn't even nearly done, and they were kind of let, they, they let fans come in in dribs and drabs up until it was, it was December on it. Before we go on, uh, just a quick update on the Last of Us, uh, as I promised you. Uh, <laughs> well, most second, importantly. Uh, Seen the second episode, still, you know, it looks pretty token gesture, zombie, zombie, zombie style stuff. So still waiting for it to kick off. Apparently, uh, according to Phil Shaw, it really kicks off in the second season. <laughs> yes. Or it will do now it's been, give, it's been green lit. Is that like Villa under Emery? It is. Slow burn. Slow burn and then oomph, apparently. Warp so speed. we shall see. Still waiting for the greatest show on earth, blah, blah, blah. But uh, here, we, here we go. Right, uh, coming up in this show, presently the greatest show on earth. First of all, we'll catch up on the Villa news, what's been happening while the uh, first team uh, have been away, having uh, fake World Cup parties at the Belfry, etc. <laughs> we'll get into the three points. We'll, we'll do the order as it used to be before the last couple of weeks. Uh, three points followed by Media Muppets. Before looking at the transfer situation and weighing up the picture for the rest of the season. Before having uh, a game of Emery's clipboard, which we missed out on last week. Right, as always, we have to decide what news to start with. Should we go with uh, Man Stabbed at Harrods uh, amid reports of a fight? This is when you know that the society in the UK is on meltdown, real decline and meltdown, because one does not stab one fellow's man in Harrods, does one? <laughs> you know, it shouldn't not happen. Unless, not unless it's like a, ju- a duel or something. <laughs> Anywhere else apart from Hamleys and Harrods is fair game, but not those two institutions. And not in the Royal Borough. Yes, exactly, in the Royal Borough of uh, London Town. It's Kensington and Chelsea. I think we have to go for Villa News, surely. <laughs> I think we've got to. It's, it's not a great story, that. We can't fester in the decline of the society that we live in. Villa News it is. Right, uh, no movement in the transfer window... Uh, Thus far, since last we spoke, well, is it over? Or, or, or are, they, are they about to drop the big dog on Monday or Tuesday? <laughs> the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> to quote uh, Tim Westwood. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, didn't he get shot and also was... Uh, disgraced, yes. But yeah, yes. disgraced, I think, is a polite way of uh, putting it. <laughs> <laughs> the big dog. <laughs> uh, surely the the big dog hasn't got a perm. 
<laughs> we'll discuss that perm later like on nine, in the show. Like a more of a 90s villa player, more of like a sort of a Darius <laughs> Kibichi haircut, perhaps. Or more of like a ginger Alexi Lalas vibe. Well, here's something for you. We contacted the club when we saw this uh, Daily Telegraph story about the sponsor, gambling sponsor, blah, blah, blah. And we said, look, we'd, we'd appreciate a meeting because they're all about engagement because, you know, the government's, the fan-led reviews basically said you must engage with your supporters. So they made a point of when they were considering a ticket reseller to get us in. I didn't actually go to that meeting, but the people that were there talked the club down and, you know, they made a big thing about, about saying, oh, you know, it's good that we had this engagement. We've decided not to take this ticket reseller on. Anyway, so they made a big point of that. And then uh, you think, well, why aren't they consulted on this one? And so they said, we can meet 24th of January. And this was like 10 days later. And we were thinking, well, can we meet sooner, please? Because that's a bit far out. And they said, well, there's, you know, the transfer window we have to uh, take care of. And and you're thinking, well, the 24th of January is within the transfer window. So I don't understand that logic. Now, everything Villa have done in the transfer window happened before the 24th of January. Conspiracy theory. They did their uh, in-house promo on uh, announcement on Jean Duran. Yep. So once that was out of the way, then they're thinking, yeah, we, we can talk to the uh, consultation group. So is that it? Just a little insight there. Nothing more, nothing less. But one to ponder. Anyway, meanwhile, Villa have actually escaped the uh, broadcast schedule changes of Sky Sports, BT, etc., so the Bournemouth and Palace home games will be Saturday 3pm in March. This, sorry, this was the broadcasting uh, reshuffle for March. Uh, the only thing that has got changed, which actually wasn't down to TV broadcast, was the away game against West Ham has been put back from a Saturday to a Sunday because of West Ham's UEFA league exploits and involvement. Uh, meanwhile, at the fan consultation group, we did speak a, just before we started the meeting, we did speak a little bit about uh, Duran and Juan Pablo Angel's uh, video that announced uh, Duran's signing. Apparently, Duran's mum was uh, very emotional and very happy about it. And, you know, obviously gave her a little insight that maybe this was a good club to join uh, after all. So the Duran family seem to be happy at the moment on their decision of joining the the B6 massive sponsorship deal. Uh, there's a statement that's gone out. It's all kind of semantics. Because we're mid-contract with Kazoo, you can't really go around talking about your next sponsorship while you're in the middle of your current one. The statement says the Villa FCG's understanding that the reports are correct and BK8 will be the new frontage shirt sponsor for the next three seasons. To boil hmm. the whole meeting down into brass tacks outside the top six. The top six is a different market. When you're in Europe, you're privy to a different world of sponsors. Gambling sponsors don't touch the top six because, in terms of front of shirt, because it's out there league in terms of what they're willing to pay. Outside the top six, where it is just exposure through the Premier League and no European added exposure of Champions League, etc., betting companies are paying twice as much. And that's the simple maths here. The club have thought, well, we would rather have twice as much and you know that might pay the wages for two or three players than to take the next deal, which is half as much and uh, not have a, that gambling presence. The, the timing of it is also why they've uh, snatched this deal because if you've been paying attention, uh, the government have been itching to bring in a, a ban on uh, gambling front of shirts sponsorship 
But the only reason why it hasn't really been uh, put into legislation is because of the merry-go-round of uh, prime ministers and the Tory party uh, having to ice any white paper legislation. So uh, that will come through. So this is like the last, I mean, Villa consider they're in a good position that it's actually at market, the sponsorship. And this is one last throw of the dice for the betting companies to throw money at things. And uh, I've I've spoken about what I can speak about uh, in an extra podcast show for uh, my own men said members so if you are a member do check that out so in terms of morals i mean this is the premier league there are no morals are there really no in a word no uh, meanwhile, on the pitch, uh, while the first team hasn't been playing, the men's, uh, the under-21s, uh, beat their feeder club, West Brom, 4-0. They've been strengthened by a few returns, haven't they? Uh, Arjen uh, Racky, Brad Young's uh, back. He, he was up in Scotland, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go particularly well, that, from the looks of it. Yeah, Kessler, Hay- uh, Hayden, and also uh, Sinisola, the keeper, who was actually on the bench for Villa's last... Yeah, against Southampton, one of the two goalkeepers on the bench. Uh, if you want a context of where the uh, under-23s are, under-21s, under-23s, it's all the same, isn't it? Uh, in the Premier League 2, they're actually in the second division, aren't they? And they're in the, the lower half of the second division. So when people are always talking about playing the kids, etc., there's the reality of where Villa are. Yep. I've made my view very <laughs> well known the last last week. Yeah, the weird thing is, though, even though they're sixth out of 11 teams in the Division 2 table, uh, they are the best away f- team. They've played six, won four, drawn one, lost one. Uh, it's just their home form is atrocious. One win in six. What could, is that that new Bodymore Heath? Yeah. <laughs> Tough place to play out that when the, when the crowd turns on you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Uh, Meanwhile, at Villa Women, uh, a couple of games since we last spoke, they got knocked out the uh, Conti Cup quarterfinals by Arsenal, 3-0, which probably expected. Arsenal are one of the top dogs, one of the big dogs, to uh, use Chris Budd's terminology. Yeah, I won't be using that again. Then they played another cup game in the FA Women's Cup against... And it was a cricket uh, score. Against Fylde. Yeah. I didn't even know where Fylde was. I, I, you know, I had to look it up and I, and I realised it's like a county. Blackpool, Morecambe. I was not aware of this Lancashire uh, name oh, for yeah. that uh, so part of the woods. Oh, I'm sure Villa were glad they played at home, though. <laughs> Although, you know, day out Blackpool while you're there. Uh, 11-0. Some of the big hitters were playing. Uh, Rachel Daly scored a hat-trick. She also missed a penalty. Well, there were six up in 26 minutes, weren't they? Ridiculous. This is what the men's team should have done against Stevenage, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another story. What we should have done against Man United when we were 2-0 up in about 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> All right, uh, anything else? Or shall we have some media muppetry? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Right then, Phil, what's in the media muppet trough? Well, as it's transfer season, we'll have to go to Football Insider, don't we? Hey! Hurrah! They've really outdone themselves this time. Nearly a week after Morgan Sanson left to go on loan to Strasbourg, in fact, he may even have made his debut by the time this came out, Football Insider sources said Villa were preparing to offer him in a January swap deal for rumoured target Mario Guendouzi. I mean, obviously Google does not exist in the offices of Football Insider. This is one of those where you've already written, I don't know, 363 Matteo uh, Guendouzi stories to Aston Villa, and you're like, how, how, how can we repackage this? Ah, Sanson 
part exchange. Good idea. Well, it, it would have been, but th- that ship had sailed. Uh, anything else? Just just a small one. This The headline caught my eye because I was thinking to myself, if you remember, cast your mind back a few weeks to the, the fuss and furore over Harry Maguire being at the Belfry for a round of golf. I then yeah. noticed this, this headline from the, the Daily Mail saying, Emiliano Martinez hosts a party for his Argentina teammates who won the World Cup with him at the Belfry. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see any screenshots of Messi or Rodrigo de Paul or anybody like that strolling into the Belfry. Surely that would have sent the ITK. That would have melted Villa That would have been hilarious, yeah. wouldn't oh, it? Oh, oh, Foaming oh. at the mouth, there would have been. Emery assembling a team <laughs> of Argentinian World Cup winners. They're all signing this week. When I looked in, I was expecting pictures, at least a picture, maybe a, a you know a sub, maybe the third choice goalkeeper or something like that might have turned up, but no. Maybe that salty, what's Salt B, whatever his name Salt is. Salt Bay. Yeah. Salt Bay, <laughs> Cardi B, I don't know what his name is. Salty no. Bay, Salty yeah. Bean. Salty Twat. No, well, the, the only actual Salty play- Twat, exactly. <laughs> the only other player I could see a photograph of was actually Felipe Coutinho. So he, he mustn't he had nothing on, obviously, with Villa being knocked out of the FA Cup. So he, he rocked up as like a, must have been an honorary Argentinian for the night, even though he's Brazilian. It's probably the closest he'll get to the World Cup. Yes, I thought most of the squad are, on, are on their, having their little weekend off, aren't they? They're all having little weekend breaks. But I, I did notice Buendia was there. Maybe he, he'd managed to get like a chocolate. World Cup winners medal created. Exactly. So this, could, this is what you could have won Emmy party. Yeah, this is pretending that he was in the in the <laughs> World Cup hurt, winning squad for the sake of photos, etc. Sloppy research. Now, now it's all about getting the story out. It doesn't really matter what the details are. Just as long as the headline gets the clicks, that's about it, right? And the other side of the force. Any media nuggets? <laughs> the best story I could see this week. It was covered by a few places. It's more in the question that was asked him. It's Duncan Ferguson taking over as manager at Forest Green. Now, Forest Green, you remember, are the famously carbon-neutral football club and like a pioneer in like being sustainable. If anybody screams having his steak rare, it's Duncan Ferguson, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I can just imagine the blood dripping from his uh, mouth. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So, I mean, they had the unveiling video and they had him holding the scarf as well, everything else. But then the the questions that he was asked, I'm not sure who was asking the question, but it was like he was being put in the spot by Greta Thunberg. First of all, they had a vegan beef burger sort of like put in front of his nose and he goes, I well, saw I'll, that. Yeah. I'll have to try that. He was asked about his sort of credentials there. And he goes, this is, this is brilliant, this line. Goes, his, his environmental credentials. Yes, he goes, we try at home, he replied. Obviously, I need to do a lot more, as we all do. The earth is warming up, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> global warming, he's been under a rock or something. Yeah, the earth's warming up, isn't it? So we all need to do our bit. Since I've come here, I'm sure I'll learn a lot more. I mean, I'm sure he will learn a lot more about sustainability. I mean, they were talking about building a wooden stadium. Can you imagine if Big Dunk takes a ten- temper tantrum? I mean, like, demolish a stand with just putting his foot through it. Yeah, I'm a bit more concerned what happened at Bradford uh, in terms of wooden stadiums. But, we did uh, do this as a three-point, though, didn't we? A while ago. It's built with yeah, uh, flame-retardant yeah, wood. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, we, did, we did the research. Yeah. I even read the NCE article by the engineers. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never have pictured Duncan Ferguson rocking up there. I forgot we were one of the only media outlets to actually do research. Sorry. And supporting this outlet that actually does research uh, is the uh, My Old Man Said Members as always, a big shout out to them and thank you very much for your support. Uh, when you become a My Old Man Said member, you get ad-free shows. And if 
ads are annoying, then this is obviously uh, the perfect solution for that. Also, you get extra shows. So as well as uh, the off the record show that I do, which will be talking about sponsorship, amongst other things, uh, there'll be a mad few session of listeners questions as well coming out in the next week. As well as that, you also hook in and get membership of our secret society match club. The only way to follow Villa sanely in these strange times of Bluebird apps run by electronic car salesmen. <laughs> Lex Luthor wannabes. <laughs> anyway, a big shout out to uh, the new members of the last week or so. Julie Stewart, Craig Day, Zach Murphy, Ashley Dingle. And also a big shout out to the annual members. If you join up as an annual member, you get 10% off, which is just over a month and a bit. Paul Desmond and uh, upgrading their annual pledges. BB is William something, uh, but we didn't get the name. And also Alan Jones, uh, a massive thank you to all of the new members. And if you want to join us as a member, please do go to myomansaid.com. Click on the members link on the menu bar. If you're on a mobile device, you have to click the, uh, is it the three or, or the four dashes to open up the menu bar and uh, click on the members link there and you'll get the details or just go to the link tree on our social media bio and you'll find it there. Thank you very much. Right, time for some swift three points. Number one. Aberdeen, once great under Alex Ferguson, winners of the European Cup Winners' Cup once upon a time, have parted company with manager Jim Goodwin just 19 minutes after Saturday's 6-0 defeat to Hibs, who aren't exactly setting the world on fire themselves. This surely is faster than Gerrard's axing after that Fulham game. 19 minutes. What was it? He was probably like just about an hour or something. Was it was within the hour, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the board had demanded an immediate response to the club's 1 0 defeat against sixth tier Darville in the Scottish Cup. And I think Darville is southwest Scotland. This was considered the club's worst ever defeat in their history and one of the biggest Scottish Cup shocks ever. Meanwhile, point number two Nations League draw. Nothing to do with England nowadays. <laughs> The finals will be in Holland. When did they take place? It's June, isn't it? Netherlands will play uh, Croatia in Rotterdam. I remember something happened there in uh, 82 at that stadium. Ah, yes, of course. Can't, can't quite put my finger on what happened there. <laughs> One man and his shin. The next day on the 15th of June in Thwentz Stadium, it is Spain versus Italy in the other semi-final. Uh, and actually, the final, there's a third and fourth playoff, but the final will again be played uh, at Rotterdam as well. Marks the 41st anniversary of uh, the biggest game ever played at that stadium, <laughs> in in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> right, uh, point number three, who is Enigma and should Villa sign him? This is the this is the guy that Villa really should sign. Monsieur Enigma, or Senor Enigma, yeah. should I say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, listeners know about this, but uh, I always call him General PK, but it's uh, Gerard uh, PK has set up, it's like seven aside Kings League is what it's called. Kind of a fusion of ex-ballers and influencers in Spain uh, have set this up. Uh, basically, all the matches are streamed on Twitch. Squads include ex-players, legit players, and Spanish influencers. Matches are 40 minutes long, unlimited substitutions. The, probably the best bit is the kickoff, isn't it? Where yeah. 
all a, what what did you refer to it as? Yes, yeah, like it's like murder ball. The ball goes into the middle and just everybody charges for it. Or maybe the some teams I see send their quickest man towards the center circle, and it's, which is similar to water polo, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They generally arrive at the same time as well, and then it's just a it's a fifty fifty. Yeah. <laughs> so Enigma is this player who plays in a Mexican wrestler's mask. He plays in long sleeves because apparently he's got tattoos and he doesn't want to be identified. Now, this came along because uh, he's actually a contracted La Liga player and he asked permission to play in this tournament. He was told no by his club. So he decided, well, fuck them, I'm going to play anyway. Hence the disguise. Hence why he's playing in a Mexican uh, wrestling match. Now, I think he's the perfect player for Villa to sign because absolutely neutralizes all the football manager stats boys because they'll have nothing to go on they won't know who he is you'd have to judge him and what your eyes show you (laughs) you know you wouldn't be able to come up with youtube videos analyzing what a signing he's going to be because you'd you'd have no stats you you wouldn't know his previous i think it's genius yeah sign him up i think every team should be just given an enigma at the start of the season yeah don't even yeah just don't even tell you where he plays just here he rocks up like a, it's like the equivalent of an NFL draft, where every season you get an enigma. I don't know how. You, how do you choose your enigma? Don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to choose it. Maybe you just get given with it, and you have to deal with what you give them. It's kind of like you know, um, you know, you know, you, you choose like from the secret box when you you get the choice. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you take it in order, like lowest first to top. So you have first pick, but you just got to pick a number one one to twenty. You've got Blind no idea raffle. who it is. And then he turns up, <laughs> and then it'd be funny if Enigma didn't actually tell the manager what position he likes yeah. to play in. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. He's he's mute. Yeah, he's got to be mute as well. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about the twenty Enigmas are they have to be really tell- like the best, like young new player or whatever. And it's up to the manager to find out his best position because he's mute. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I, I quite like this. It sounds quite madcap. This Kings League. It's very much like the you know a lot of YouTubers have been setting up teams like hashtag United and also what's happened in boxing. There's this kind of mm. crossover from these mass social media audiences into sport, and the fusion has created new forms. Which, well, the purists always deride them. You know, it's it's interesting, especially if you get stuff like this. What's not to like? No, he didn't give us full title. Enigma sixty nine. That's his name. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Even. Better. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Better. Right, uh, let's move on to the main part of the show, where uh, we just look at Villa's, because we've had a couple of weeks, and it's the transfer window. And kind of the halfway point in the season as well, isn't it now, for us? Yeah, we're not going too in-depth. We're just, we'll just focus on the transfer window, really. Is anything going to happen? So... As I said, you know, this is 24th January meeting where they made this excuse. They couldn't have it at the start of January because it's the January window. And which is fair enough excuse, but why not have it in February, the, the, this meeting, as opposed to, uh, you know, with one week to go with the January window? Is that really implying that that's it? Business is done? I don't think so. I, st- I still think that I've got time to, to not necessarily pull one out of the bag, but get something over the line. We're not necessarily at the 11th hour just yet, obviously, at the, well, at the time of recording. I think we're only in Opportunity Knox territory now. Yeah, I think so. I think we've yeah. offloaded what we wanted to. Um, obviously, the Ings deal, probably they weren't necessarily expecting to do, but it arose, and that was an, op- no, an Opportunity Knox, but in a different sense. You look down the squad, and we think, actually, we're reasonably well set. We've got a couple of players in each position. I think if, if they hadn't got rid of Ings, I don't think anybody would be panicking about everything else in terms of the way the, the, the sort of the composition of the squad, knowing that... Guys are coming back from injuries. We've had a few guys, you know, someone like a you know a Courtney Hawes come back off loan, and you got you know you got a few like sort of guys to to make up the numbers if needs be. I think we're in reasonably good shape, but you know Emery's kind of said, you know, I'm only going to bring in guys who are going to improve the starting eleven. Well, we've said it on numerous occasions. If you're going to go and improve that starting eleven, you've got to spend serious money. Right. Let me uh, go back to this meeting that I did mention uh, at the end of the meeting. We were talking about. I mean, actually, I phrased it. I said it's almost like it's two markets for sponsorship. It's the top six market, which is another world, another pool from you know the rest of the Premier League when it comes to shirt sponsorship. I said if you go back to before the World Cup, and Persley did actually say in the previous meeting that we saw him, he wanted to be there or thereabouts. Basically, he wants to be out where we were and at least finish before the World Cup in touching distance i think the exact phrase was in the mix so in touching mm-hmm. distance of Which we are the top half now as i said to him but you know that's where we were but then fast forward and here we are at the end of the january and we're actually only 3 points off the top 6 which is probably unexpected uh, when we were talking about this uh, before the world cup is this creating an opportunity knox situation where you still have that window opened and as a club are we thinking i didn't say to him do we roll the dice but i did say is it an opportunity knocks and maybe uh you put a little bit more emphasis on this transfer window or are you just keeping to a plan that you set at the start of the season because when you look at that ing signing and you know i said we can appreciate reasons why that signing was made but ultimately we are weaker as a squad before we sold Ings. Now, if you're three points off Europe, you obviously want as strong a squad as possible. So, you know, that was my question with those parameters. Is this opportunity knocks or, uh, you know, we're not that bothered about replacing Ings because Ings now it's like, you can't say to anybody to their face, well, we've got Duran. He's essentially the replacement for Ings Mm -hmm. because you're going, well, he's played one season in the MLS. He's 19 years old. If you fast forward to next season, 
and you say, well, you know, and frame it as that. Well, you know, we did get rid of Ings, but we did bring in uh, Duran, who is now, uh, season, you know, half a season Premier League up under his belt. Ings would be considered old further down the tracks. And you'd, you'd quantify that more as a uh, straight-up swap, especially if Duran scored a couple of goals uh, before the end of the season. So anyway, he said, he did pause. He was obviously, you know, how do I straight bat this? And he said, as a as a CEO, I do not run a club week to week. And, you know, it is a, a seasonal process. So they obviously budget for eighth or whatever, wherever they're budgeted. And, you know, it has been eighth the last couple of seasons. So the Ing situation would, would be in that the bigger picture scenario. And so you're looking at him going, yeah, okay, that sounds like we're not going to do much, which is fair enough because we're in the zone of like potential rush spending. Yes, we only have to look at last January's spending. Maybe they still feel they were burnt then with yeah. Dean and Coutinho. Yeah, and you, then you look at Samata and whatever. But just finally, but then he did say, before we, we finished on that point, he did say, he said, well, put it this way, Unai Emery has not come to Aston Villa to be a mid-table manager. So that was just to ba- you know, basically reinforce what the ultimate ambition is. So it's very straight back, but as, there's also, you can read it the way of like, okay, that's probably it. But also you can think, well, we're working on something, so we'll see. It's probably the latter. Yeah, I mean, when he's spoken before, he's always said they they strategically treat January and the summer window as essentially one in your seasonal strategy. As you've said, he doesn't, he doesn't think about it week by week. So because of the way the, the management turnover has happened in the last, well, sort of space of a year, year and a half, Gerard would have come in, wanted to back, you know, to move quickly in the January window, you obviously got the Dinia deal in, you got the Coutinho deal. That would just be sort of pushed down into the, the summer spending. Obviously, they managed to get the Carlos Camara deals as a body. That, that's the body of work as Gerard, really. They probably yeah. weren't expecting Gerard not to be there in January in terms of the longer term strategy. So they'd have had to have been quite reactive to what they were going to do anyway. You know, we don't know if Moreno was a, a deal that they were they wanted to do anyway. Same with the, you know, uh, the He Durand wouldn't have been there. Or, if if em, he is the only signing. He's happy to have him, yeah, because he knows him. He's the only signing that is an Emery signing. Duran, yep. you know, as it's been reported, we were looking at him for six months and had visited the US. You know, this is before Emery. And Emery would probably go, yeah, okay. And the Ings one would have, that would have been an offer from West Ham. The club would have looked at the financials and gone, right, yeah, this is this looks good. And then they would have said to Emery, what do you think? We're out both of the Cups. You know, if we may be three points off, uh, but obviously there's the, the dormant threat, shall we call them, of Chelsea and Liverpool, and we'll, we'll mention them in a minute, who are just above us. But, you know, if they come alive, then suddenly, you know, getting in that European place is, is, is going to be tough. So... Uh, should we just do the deal, which is a good one financially in terms of the player's age and yeah. the fact that he's not a starter? And Emery, because the first thing Emery said, and we, you know, we discussed this before, the first thing Emery said at that press conference, we're out of both of the cups, basically saying we don't actually need, you know, we're not going anywhere really this season. So it's not caution to the wind. Let's go for the European place. I think they're just being a bit more diligent and, and careful and looking at the bigger picture and. I would not be surprised if nobody comes in. You know, the, the, you know, the sort of the, the pragmatism of, well, there's a little window of opportunity that you could maybe sneak eighth, maybe seventh and get a you know, conference league place or something. But is it worth make, you know, making huge decisions that you, know, you could look very foolish in six months to a year's time if those, if those signings were to completely bomb? I don't yeah. think they want to do that. 
they're probably thinking, actually, have we got a good enough squad to finish where we would like to be, which is probably 8th to 10th? I would suggest yes. With the players coming back, when you think you've got Carlos back, McGinn back, etc., you've got a little bit more depth than people actually think. But, I mean, the big question is the, the forwards situation, because if Watkins yeah. gets injured, then it's you, you, it's got to be classed as a red alarm, you know, red light yeah. alarm. Yeah, no, it is. And that's where um, that's where it's an interesting one because surely if they they wouldn't have let Archer go out and Ings go if they I've said it a few times you wouldn't do let let those deals happen if you didn't think you were fairly confident of bringing in something you thought yeah we can we can put our put our hat on that one surely you're not putting that much weight on the shoulders of Duran no even if um, even Unless if he just comes out of nowhere and he's like you know, I think Phil said you know if, if he could turn out to be a Benteke which I, I don't I don't see happening off the bat but if he if he was to you'd go wow what a masterstroke well done you but you've surely got to be sort of hoping for the best but you've got to be planning for the worst as well. No, I'm just thinking, even if you leave Archer at the club, if an injury happens to Watkins and you let Ings go, you're you're still short if you're putting it all on Archer's shoulders. Yeah, I agree. You, well, you're in the same position, really. You're still putting yep. you know, on, a, on a young lad's shoulders who's, who's not played in the in the Premier League. When you look at Duran, I mean, you know, you'll have various people uh, who know more about the MLS than us. Some, some are raving, some are cautious always side on the the side of caution. I mean, the people who rave and hype are the ones that just want you to like and click and well, it's all about clout. There's, right? there's yeah, loads there's of clout. Let me finish. I'm not writing him off. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's scored eight goals, but he's, he only started 14. And this, you know, Chicago Fire team were, you know, they finished bottom three of, of the East Conference of the MLS. You know, they were a dog team. Reasonably okay on the counter, but he's he only made 14 starts, but he scored eight goals. Which is you know, similar to Danny Ings made eight starts and scored six goals. Most of his appearances were from the bench. Duran, I think he started off uh, off the bench when he was easing himself in. You know, he's, he's made twenty seven appearances all in, and then he scored eight goals. Doesn't sound that impressive, but when you you see that he's only started fourteen of those go- games, then uh, then it kind of makes more sense. But you know, he's only nineteen. He's, he's still a raw player, and maybe he's a raw diamond, or maybe he's a Jordan Barry. Don't use those words on our podcast. But uh, no, joking aside, you, as a team that has designs for Europe, and and as we've already said, that changes you know the sponsorship outlook and all kinds of things, and the business you can do in the summer. Yeah, exactly. You do not gamble uh, it all on a nineteen-year-old from the MLS. No, doesn't matter how you know what his potential is. So that would suggest we know that Logic and Villa sometimes don't walk hand in hand. So Logic would suggest there might be something else coming in, whether it's a hybrid winger striker that could cover a Watkins absence. But the signs are, you know, I'm not surprised at all if we've done our business and we're just relying on maybe uh, you know some opportunism popping up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we yep. obviously we've opened up a loan berth, haven't we, with with Bednarak? And you, you might be saying, actually, we could, you know, for example, there's a there's a few guys at Chelsea on the fringes who aren't playing. I'm just going to throw the, the Hakim Ziyech name in the hat as a, as that that kind of player where it would be a very much an eleventh hour type of deal. Loads of people will be in sort of monitoring the situation. Chelsea would probably rather do a permanent deal, but actually, if they can get him off the books, you get him on a loan for a few months. Those kind of deals, which they only happen in the last couple of days of the window. Phil, uh, Gwen Daisy, what do you think? I think it's one for the summer, to be honest with you. If Emery rates him that much and he wants him, it'll be the summer when he when he knows who he's going to chop out to put him in. Because at the mm-hmm. minute, the hole in the Villa squad is a left, sort of like left playing forward. That's where the hole is. I mean, you can say 
there's you have Watkins and you have Duran and at least two, you don't have any sort of like natural wide left player at all. You have Bailey on the right and you can switch him over, but you've seen he's more effective in the right. Yeah, or um, you play Ramsey there, who's, yeah, who's he's been not down. out and out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but, you've also got like Marseille's point of view where they are third in the league and obviously gunning for the Champions League spots. You've got Quindus's point of view where he's thinking, I can go and play in the Champions League. I'm not going to do that at Villa. Yeah, but Marseille's, first of all, they wouldn't want to let him go at this stage. I mean, they've been buying players in. People think it's just uh, to cover Gwendozi going but it's actually well they're, they're trying to get the, the, they're at the upper echelon of the league they want to confirm the Champions League spot and they'd rather finish in the top two than third as well to skip the qualification games so there's a so there's that so I would say the, sum, the summer is more realistic if he's you know if Villa are really ready for such a perm then <laughs> uh, probably the summer would be it but you know this isn't definitive as, as we've said it, there's an opportunity knocks potential there to subvert anything we we kind of say any logic but you know he was subbed off at half time in the last game yeah when I, I referenced it when I said you know Villa fans on Villa Twitter thinks he's now get, going to the airport to fly to Birmingham that's why they had to sub him off people go oh the joke's gone over your head well you should see Villa Twitter the build up to that Marseille game and it's like Hawkeye everybody's like looking at if he's playing that close to the uh, the deadline it's unlikely he's going anywhere logic dictates and it comes down to again who's who's the fall guy if you're getting him in I mean Kamara's playing well Louise is playing well McGinn was playing well before he got injured seasons it's yeah I don't, so I, I don't see it I really don't see it but also you, you're going to be playing over the odds it's not a rational buy oh you're held to ransom in this window so we're not doing a Chelsea here I mean who is <laughs> <laughs> then you go through to uh, Delafeo. I mean, he's in. I, I, I don't know whether we would got him or not. I don't know if. Yeah, he was in the form of his career. I mean, Roma were trying to get him as well. I mean, he just whenever Villa looked at him, he was he was one of the top scorers in Serie A, wasn't he? he was um, he was sort of keeping Udinese afloat. But his injuries kiboshed that move. I yeah, would say. Yeah. I mean, surgeries needed and. Then uh, Weston McKinney, I, I don't rate him that much, to be honest. No, and I'm not surprised he's going to Leeds either. I mean, he, he, the pull of an American manager to bring in an American player, how notoriously difficult it is for any American to play in the Premier League, you, you can't underestimate that. Yeah, I just I don't necessarily think they were the obvious fits. And for where we want to go and to improve what we've got, we've got to start punching a hole in the market of teams like Chelsea who are dropping you know, the best part of 180 million in the January window. Which is more than many other leagues, is it not? Well, it was, yeah, it was more than Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga and League One combined. And that wasn't even close. I think they spent about 178 million. All of those other European leagues, they spent 101. That shows the, the, the sheer power of the Premier League or the actual Super League, should we call it, Yeah, compared to the rest. And therefore, the competitiveness of the market, bearing in mind the the pool that we were shopping in, now contains Newcastle, who, whether we like it or not, financially can blow us out of the water on any deal, comfortably. You know, Would we go and drop £45 million on Anthony Gordon? No chance. Would I want us to? No, no chance. So it's kind of like we are not in a position 
to make financially reckless decisions. And there's, there's, you know, we've clearly got wealthy owners, but we're not. We're not. We, are, we don't. We do not have sovereign wealth, endless pockets. We've got to make savvier decisions. The, you know, there's old links that are dragged up, like smell a Sar from uh, Watford. If we'd have wanted him, though, we'd have got him before. We'd have got if him. Other teams that have wanted him, they'd have gone and got him. There's a reason he's still playing in the Championship. There has yeah, to be. There's, there's, al- there's also the. Uh, he was very uh, forthright in. Uh, was it Adrissa Gay? Yeah. Who was basically wasn't having any of the rainbow flag thing, and uh, Sar came out and you know backed him, which is fair enough in that context. But obviously, it's not a good look for uh, somebody who wanted to buy him. For example, you might consider him a difficult character, or uh, mm. you know, or a character that's going to uh, bring some smoke. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying Stephen Gerrard's the best cho- our best judge of character, but. Jared didn't fancy it if the deal was that close and we're led to believe that Jared just went the last moment no it's not for me you know, yeah. there's, there's something in that so uh, I, I don't think we're, they were going there does the Dynamo Kiev uh, centre back the 20 year old why would we buy a centre back sorry why would we buy a centre back at this that's, point yeah that's that was my immediate question the journalists who are let's say without mentioning names who are viewed as trusted sources saying oh Villa after three you know three players one of them a centre back you're thinking it doesn't work Work out. I mean, and then you see stories. Oh, they're you know willing to listen to offers for Chambers, and you're thinking, well, Emery's worked with Chambers before. He's been in Dubai. Carlos is coming back. He's not going to get rid of Chambers and then school somebody new completely. You know, during this uh, we're mid midway in the season, and not when you've got you know worst case scenario, you've got Courtney Hawes coming back to the club for a few months. If you need, as I said before, if you need to sort of boost you know boost your bench or whatever, you've got options galore, and you you, you bear in mind. Well, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't say Courtney Horse's options galore. No, but in terms of like he's a he's not going to get another centre back, and you got Carlos no. coming in any time next month, hopefully. And in the, and in the spirit of trying to, you know, he said, "I only want to bring guys who can improve the starting 11. Cons is playing some of the best football he's ever played at Villa. Mings has really turned the corner post Gerrard. I would suggest as a, as a as a combination as a centre back pair, and they're playing as good as they were under that really good spell as, as under Smith. I would suggest, you know, someone like Carlos will be looking at it, going, "He's not a guarantee to get his place in the side straight away. He's going to have to earn that." I don't have any problems with centre back. It's like, nope, it's not not, the, at all. not the team's problem. If you're talking about long term playing it out the back, I think Cons is good on the ball. Mings can ping a cross field pass. Mm-hmm. You're just looking for consistency. Yeah, I have no problems with Mings. Has got, got so much upside to that mm-hmm. one brain fart he, he'll have. Yeah, and the brain fart isn't a pass. That, that's not Mings's brain fart. Mings's no. brain fart is like uh, a physical confrontation with the other player and falling over. You know, as, as pass. If anything, Mings is the one that whenever passing out from the back isn't working, knows when to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And then in, a, in fullback positions, we're relatively well stocked as well. Nico Williams. Oh, it's never going to happen. Nico Bill Bout. Just God. seems far fetched. Yeah. BS. Just people, I think people just want it's the sort of the, we all, you know, the FIFA, the chat mates. It's, oh, we just, just one more, one more, one more, one more. You look at what we've got with a good coach. You get that, that squad firing, and that is a top half squad. Because we're in a situation Fact. where we've been building this team, and you get it to a certain point where you can't just go out and buy three or four players because it'll, A, it'll cost a lot of money to get good enough ones to get in that team that you've been building yeah. over a you know good couple of seasons. So the opportunity is the opportunity that knocks where you do oh hell hang on a minute we've probably got to take this one and we'll write it off in the summer window mm-hmm. but I don't really see it coming no no there's no there's no obvious fits I mean, I mean I'm open to Villa 
you know, unearthing a diamond in the rough, wouldn't we all love like to get another two and a half million John McGinn type deal more you know, in years gone by, you know, a Benteke or whatever. But if if that's not on, then it's not on. And you kind of, I'd much rather at the end of the season be, be recording our end of season show going, wow, Emery really got a tune. He's, you know, McGinn's playing the best football. Ramsey's gone up another level. Buendia's finally really like leveled up. And he's, and he's got Watkins actually confident and finishing. Like You'd much rather see what we've got at its peak. Because it as, as we've yet. said, there's so much upside to most of these players because most of them have Enormously been underperforming so. the last couple of seasons because probably the managers, formations, whatever reason you want. But we know the attributes, you know, the attributes that these players are hyped on when they, they sign and everybody's doing the YouTube clips and raving about them. And then after a couple of weeks, they've forgotten about them and they're looking for the next signing. The mm-hmm. reality is that you pay the money, you expect some returns. And these players, hopefully under Emery, will give us that. And then Emery, after a full half a season with them, will have a lot clearer and a, a better idea of what exactly he needs and what he actually needs to ship out. He's already worked out what riffraff he needs to ship out. The players on the, the kind of periphery of things. And because we don't have fixture backlog, we don't need to think about like heavy rotation or keeping guys fit. Yeah, Get your team right and then you can use your bench, which is used generally pretty well, I would say, since he arrived. Speaking of Emery, David, what's an Emery clipboard this week? Ah, I'm glad you asked, Phil. Right, Emery's clipboard for the uninitiated is a little bit of uh, fun at the end of the show where hopefully you'll learn something about statistics, which is all the rage. That's why we want the uh, the Enigma 69 player to sign for Villa, <laughs> which will nullify some of these uh, inane statistics. Right, this one you should be able to nail easily. Are you ready for this? Yep. Always. This is Fowls 1. The weirdest thing about this is Grealish isn't in our team anymore. Yet we lead the Premier League with fouls won. The question is, how many fouls have we won so far this season? Wow. I'd normally give you the clue of the top and uh, the bottom. Now, if I gave you the top, that would uh, (laughs) kind of compromise the whole idea of this Emery's clipboard. Is it just we just get one shot? I'll give you the bottom team since Villa are top on the fouls one you've just got to guess how many fouls Villa have got okay so bottom of the fouls one and this is surprising Manchester United what wow on 143 they are efficient these days I will now each give you uh, a chance to pick a team and then after that you will make your first guesses Phil Shaw is uh, undisputed 2023 champion <laughs> so you can choose if you want to go first or second in the picking and the guessing no, that's right. I'll, I'll go first. Um, give us Spurs. Spurs have 170 fouls won. Hmm. Okay, right. You don't have to so, guess yet. Wait until Chris, Chris, Chris's team. Give me, give me leads, please. 212. Oh, yeah, I thought as much there physically. <laughs> that's, <laughs> just believe that's my first guesses changed a lot this is a weird one because we know that Villa's top so it's higher than whatever is out there right I'll go 234 234 from Phil Chris Butts first guess um 235 oh he's playing that Dan Rogers style (laughs) approach to life no just for this one right you get another team request we'll both pick a team Phil first Arsenal please 219 
Who was that, sorry? Arsenal. Arsenal. Can't believe they're not top. Uh, I can. Um, Newcastle. They're physical, aren't they? Newcastle, 210. Getting Ooh. much closer. So, Phil. Yeah, all right. I will go 229. So what was your first guess? 234. So why are you going lower than that? Oh, just in case that's above it. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Sorry, what was it? 229. 229. Have you shot your load or are you in the ballpark, Chris Bird, for redemption? Um, 220. 220. Right, one final round of pick a team oh, and then we'll hell. go to the final offerings. We're clearly not that close then. Phil Shaw. Uh, Chelsea. 240. Oh, wow. <laughs> Curveball. Chris Bud's pick. Do mm, 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 mm. try and go for a curveball? Man City. They have Grealish in their team. Uh, 187. <laughs> Obviously not using him. <laughs> no, David. They have him in their they have him in their squad. They definitely don't have him in their team. <laughs> right, final guesses. This. He knows this. Final guesses. What are we going for? Mr. Shaw. Two four six. Chelsea has opened it up. Two four six. Chris Bud at the hockey. Two fifty. Blazing over the two forty. But it was enough to get you as close as possible ah. to the mighty Villa, who uh, I didn't know they got fouled so much. Why aren't we taking advantage of these set pieces? We've got a set piece expert for God's sake. Two hundred and fifty-five. That's ridiculous. And 20 games. Who was, who, who, who was the next nearest then? Just Crystal of... Palace, 2-5-4, and then it was your boys, Ooh. Chelsea. Right, wow. So, so Villa and Palace are way out in front. Yeah, so that was an interesting twist on Emery's clipboard, where Villa start off as the highest, and you got to work out how high you go. Congratulations, Chris Bird. You have put your I'm first the foot game. on the ground in the year 2023. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, l- listeners, you were playing along and managed to get 255 on the dot. Although, pretty difficult, though, this one, actually, despite the uh, twister rooney in the, in the gameplay. Mm. Right. Anything else before we uh, check out and prepare ourselves for uh, the visit of the Foxes? There's a game that if we win, uh, should be in the top half of the table, shouldn't we? Surely, depending on the fi- depending on the fixtures, but yeah, Chelsea play Fulham on the Friday night, so you, you, that could be an interesting one. There's a there's almost a full round of matches on the Saturday, which is strange. Brentford, Liverpool, or Chelsea would have to draw or lose. Mm. I mean, Brentford would just need a point, and that we couldn't get above yeah, them unless we absolutely destroyed Leicester. I mean, a swing of like eight goals or something ridiculous. And Chelsea play Fulham. But if Liverpool and Chelsea fail to win, we will go above them. Annoyingly, I can see them all getting results. And then we've got to play Arsenal and Manchester City, so we may not get in that top half uh, for a while yet. but... Who are Palace playing? Palace play United away. Now, if Palace lose that and Villa beat Leicester, then that opens up... The end of the season, really. A nice seven-point gap between Villa and the rest. They've cut a drift down. Yeah, but uh, hopefully we won't be caught in 11th limbo until the rest of the season. <laughs> but yes, we would need Liverpool or Chelsea not to win uh, or Brentford to lose to uh, actually have any chance of moving up in the table after a Leicester win. So it's more of a consolidation win, as was the uh, the Southampton game. That shows you where 
where we've come from and we're now on the the kind of precipice of breaking that top half but it's not as easy as we uh, first expected I think we might need something from Arsenal and Manchester City to kind of stay in the equation because surely Liverpool and Chelsea are going to start to fire up but all will be revealed until we meet again please do uh, follow the show on Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast you listen to. Follow us on social media as well, at My Old Man Said. There's a TikTok. If I had time, I would do something with it. But uh, it's at My Old Man Said. Maybe I'll find some time. Also, if you want to join fellow listeners to discuss uh, things in more depth, please do go to the Mad Few Facebook group. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And that's our... Uh, private group for listeners of the show but obviously best of all join us as a my old man said member right until lester it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.